Blog Talk Radio. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, hope you can hear me. <laughs> Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening, our uh, last podcast of the seventh season. Um, uh, that must be that wedding party breaking up. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, welcome to the podcast this evening uh, uh, for, for the last episode of the seventh season titled Survival of the Fittest. Uh, we have a very special guest tonight, but first I just want to let everybody know that uh, since we do have guests this evening, we will not be taking call-ins just yet. Uh, thank you very much. If you are listening live through blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard, you can always find us there. You can uh, subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can always go to our website, winchesterbros.com, and click on the Winchester Radio icon. It'll take you right to that page to listen. And also you can find uh, information about the podcast, uh, links, and supernatural news on our Facebook and Twitter, which is Winchester Bros on both of those. Uh, our guest this evening uh, is James Patrick Stewart. I can't imagine anybody doesn't know uh, that he played Dick Roman in several episodes this season. And uh, we also have Danielle Persiano, uh, who will uh, introduce herself. And we're just thrilled to have you guys. It was awesome. A great finale last night. And let's go. Thanks, Becky. Great. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you. James, we've got to ask you, how did you get the role of Dick Roman? Well, it was uh, it was a simple audition. It really was. It was a simple audition. I, I I read it. It made me laugh. It just seemed to be a character that was in my wheelhouse. I've always been a fan of the baddies. I mean, when I was six years old, I saw Jaws. For some reason, I started to root for the shark. I think it was pretty clear that I was going to be, <laughs> you know, I was going to be playing baddies by the time I picked up, you know, acting as a, you know as a bug and, you know, I just. I followed uh, I followed uh, Anthony Hopkins and Alan Rickman and those guys. And by the time I read the supernatural part, I was like, "Well, this this is all of it rolled into one." Um, even the shark. So uh, I just went in and I, I I read for the whole all the guys in Burbank, and uh, it was just one of those it was just one of those moments where you got the goosebumps. You could just sometimes you you feel it fall flat, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there's other times you can just feel the producers lean forward in their seats. And that's kind of what happened. I think they liked they liked the uh, the approach I had, the sort of the uh, the, the cannibalistic uh, politician. <laughs> I think they liked that. Um, it was the smarmy, evil. It was very, very good. It, you just played him perfectly. Um, yeah, there was a lot was, of smarm. I was wondering if you if you based Dick Roman on. Any particular like corporate raider, or he's also a little bit, little bit charming, used car salesman kind of. Do you yeah, base him on anybody I, in particular, or? I absolutely subscribe to the words of Michael Caine. He says, w- "Whatever you do, make sure you steal, but only steal from the best." And he says, <laughs> "And then make it yours." You know, everything's derivative, and I and I and mm-hmm. I and I must say that I started with. Uh, I started with some Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 so, 
have, there, there was a hefty dose of, uh, I think, probably Mitt Romney in there as well. And uh, <laughs> and then it just sort of it evolved from there. Yeah, also, you know, there's also, I think, uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of used car salesmen in there. There's a, so there's, a, there's, there's, there's a real snake oil salesman, I think, probably mm-hmm. a stereotypical snake oil salesman. You know, he sort of he took, and then I, and then there's a tiny twist of William F. Buckley as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it just you stir that up, and then you go with it, and it just sort of uh, it turned into, uh, and then throw in a, sh- a great white shark, and that's yeah, that's the beginning of Dick Roman. He always has a very predatory smile, and look. yeah, I love I love playing him because he has. Uh, it's very, very easy. Once I slip into him, has, he has a he, for me. He has a posture, and he sort of he leads from the lower lower half of his body. When he walks into a room, he he, he enters groin first, and and uh, that just gives me a, a confidence that I may or may not have as a as, as a human being on any given day. But when I when I slip into Dick and that smile comes on, it's like I can I can stare anybody down on the set. And in fact, when uh, when the episode before the last one, uh, when Gloria was in, in, interviewing Dick Roman, I kept on uh, really embarrassing the the actress playing the the, the interviewer because she kept she, I was staring right through her and she says, you know, you're making me uncomfortable. I said, well, rest assured, my love, I'm not trying to sleep with you. I simply want to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Dick Roman also has a particular cadence in his voice and way of speaking. I thought it was wonderful. Very yeah, powerful. I think that, like I said, that came from William F. Buckley. William F. Mm-hmm. Buckley is a uh, is a Southern, uh, you know, gentle politician writer, and he has a sort of deliberate and yet sort of a uh, sort of a, a velvety, sort of a smooth southern comfort sort of way of, of delivering his dialogue. And that's, yeah, I think that's, that was the, the beginning of that, that, you know, way of speaking. <clears throat> like I said, it all becomes derivative. I don't steal directly and I don't say, hey, I'm going to be doing a William F. Buckley impression. <laughs> it's just where mm-hmm. I take it, where I start from when I'm preparing and I'm mm-hmm. creating, creating the role. I have to tell you, I think I already said to you, Becky, that if anybody is listening, I, I must tell you exactly where I am tonight. I'm just outside of uh, um, Birmingham in England tonight. It's midnight. I'm in a I'm in a, a, a castle called New Hall. It's 900 years old, and we have a bunch of the cast members here. We have Mark Pellegrino over here. Uh, we have Guy B. Uh, we, we, we're all out here for a convention. So it's kind of surreal because it's the middle of the night. Anybody who wants to go on my Twitter page, which is Japastu, J-A-P-A-S-T-U, will see a photograph uh, that I posted of where I am right now. It's actually quite spectacular. I feel like Sting on an album cover. I wish I, I wish I could say that when I'm not filming, this is where I hang out all the time, but I'm going to say it tonight because it's the truth. Oh, yeah, I, it was I a beautiful picture. picture. It's gorgeous. Did you see it? Didn't that sound? Yeah. And this, they yeah, say it's heaven haunted. And as, as I was telling you, Mark Pellegrino is is he's not going to leave this place without seeing a ghost. He's already threatened to do some <laughs> nude Ouija boarding. As I said, I'm not sure why it has to be nude, but nobody seems to be putting up much of a fight. <laughs> 
that's it's, a, it's that good single malt scotch they sell out here in the Midlands, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> it's quite a mental picture you've given everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dick, Roman and, Dick Roman and Lucifer playing nude Ouija board. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody and has their own way of Yeah, Mark Shepard. Crowley. (laughs) Mark's lost a lot of weight, so it wouldn't surprise me if he peels off his pampers. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody celebrates Um, the end of the season in their own way, guys, you know. That's right. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Uh, uh, Tell us about uh, you and Mark uh, Shepard. You were talking a little bit before we started that, that you have known each other a while, so your scenes together have been... Quite well, the amazing thing about Mark Shepard is that I've actually known him for 20 years, and uh, this is the first time we've worked together. I worked with his dad back in 1992 in a movie called Gettysburg. His father is a legendary British actor by the name of Morgan Shepard, and, uh, and Mark was dating... Uh, a friend of mine, and I was moving from New York to Los Angeles, and this friend of mine said, this guy needs a, a ride, and sends her boyfriend, who I didn't even know, Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard shows up at Los Angeles International Airport to pick me up, you know, and uh, he says, hi, I'm Mark, get in the car, and he drove me 120 miles south to San Diego, where my mother was living at the time, dropped me off and drove away. I mean, that's just the sort of uh, the kind wow. of guy he is. He's one of. The, I was actually having a chat with him uh, today, and I, that I told him, I said, you know, that's you taught you taught me a lesson that day, and I try to I try to teach it to my children, which is that if you're good to people, you'll never want for anything. You know, Mark is uh, one of the busier actors that I know, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's just he's just by nature a generous person, and uh, he will always go out of his way uh, to help you. And the, the, the crew love him, the show love him, and so do all the other shows he works on. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yep, fans love him too. Yeah, so <laughs> it was great. The first, day I, the first day I worked, I was in the back of that limousine with him, and he was offering me muffins. So it was a, a, tw- a 20-year odyssey come to fruition. Yeah. And I gather, we, you know, scenes that we did in the finale together where we, where Crowley and Dick really do a dance, before we get down to nitty-gritty and negotiate what we're going to be doing together, there's a real dance there between the two of us, and that was just a blast. That was a lot of fun. Can you tell us what it was like uh, working on Supernatural, you know, working with um, Jared and Jensen and the crew and cast of Supernatural? I will, yeah. I mean, what it's like to work on Supernatural. I mean, I'm I'm really blessed. I've done over 100 productions in my life. And one thing I've seen is is that if you've got a pain in the ass as your lead, the whole crew is going to be tense. And, uh, you know, nothing could be further from that in this case. You have two of the nicest guys, two of the least spoiled success cases. Uh, they, They are just pleasures to be around. And they're fun and they're funny. Uh, they have all the uh, they ha- have all the fun qualities um, of Keith Moon without the self-destructive nature. I mean, you know that you never know when one of them's going to zip by you on a mini bike. You know, it, it, it's they're, they're just they're fun to be around. And, and then to top it off, you have a you know purely Canadian crew uh, made up of guys who have been there almost 
through X Files. So these are successful guys who, who know what it's like to, you know, to work work well, and 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 just they've done it for years and years and years. So it's a, a really comfortable place. Um, also, one of the best craft services you're ever going to be that makes a Thai chicken soup that will just you know <laughs> curl your toes. <laughs> And the t- craft service table, to be honest with you, is what I got in the show business for. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's, everyone's got to have a reason. <laughs> Food works. <laughs> That's right. My mother was a model back in the in the 70s, and I used to visit the set when I was five and six, and I remember looking up at her saying, so I can just have this? <laughs> this gum, I can just take this? <laughs> Where do I sign up for acting lessons? <laughs> Dick has had some really, really great lines on the show. Has, he, has there been a specific line or a scene that was your absolute favorite? Yeah, I liked them all, to tell you the truth. I liked, um, I liked when I got the crouch next to Bobby after loading, you know, loading a, a firearm and say, I'm going to eat you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that was really satisfying. <laughs> and, and then, you know, there was a, there was a, there's, there's, there was a lot of just, there's a lot of fun stuff. I think that the girl with the dragon tattoo, uh, I can't remember any specific uh, lines, but that whole episode I just loved. I mean, Felicia was, she was a phenomenon. And, uh, you know, you 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 you're kind of completing me. Charlie comes to mind. You know, there's <laughs> there's that moment when I just start to see a spark in her that I haven't, I can't really put my finger on. I can't duplicate. I mean, you know, ultimately Dick Roman and the Leviathans are mimics. You know, they 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 basically are little little minor birds. They they repeat something. That when they find something that sort of essential, that's something that 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 level of charisma. I love that the writers put that in. It was sort of Dick Roman just he couldn't put his finger on it. What is that? And he became fascinated by her. It was a little it was almost the beginning of a crush. So I li- I like that. I like that line a lot. You're kinda completing me. And if it it kinda embarrassed him too, which I liked. <laughs> Dick Roman got embarrassed. Felicia was on our podcast for that episode and she talked about how when she First had some, you know, first started having scenes with you and everything. That she was actually kind of a little afraid of you. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and that's 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 sort of when I show up to set, I'm kind of I'm sort of being dick. So I sort of I I, I sort of I sort of <laughs> I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I there's a sort of a force of nature that shows up in front of the camera when I'm doing when I'm doing Dick Roman, and I don't think she was expecting that. So, you know, you show up and you just, you're boring holes in her with your eyes, and you've got that smile, and, you, you know, Dick Roman is smelling her hair, you know, from a couple of feet away, and she just, she, she, yeah, she didn't know what to make of that. She, I was, uh, I was thrilled. I've, I've actually gotten a chance to work with a handful of people that have a certain quality, which is, you don't see what they're doing until you look at the monitor because there's something really essential and smart. And it's hard to spot when you're doing your stuff. But when you sit down and you watch the monitor to watch the take you just did, you go, wow, I didn't even know that little girl was doing that. That's wonderful. And, you know, I've gotten a chance to watch that happen with Robert Duvall um, on a movie called Gods and Generals. I got a chance to watch Meryl Streep 
blow my mind in a movie called It's Complicated, where I was in a scene with her. I was playing her cosmetic surgeon. And I'm very happy to throw Felicia in that crowd because when I was watching her, I honestly, when it when it showed up on screen, I thought, holy mackerel, look at that kid go. <laughs> she's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got a charm. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it wonderful, which I love, too, because it's sort of, if you're playing a chord, you know, my 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 um, my sort of raw aggression and uh, and cruelty really made a real dissonance against her just beautiful harmony and and it, it, I liked I liked it a lot I liked the chemistry mm-hmm. very much. That was a great episode. She's definitely a fan favorite for sure. So yeah, yeah. I hope she very comes special. back. I'm not- yeah, I hope she comes back. I'm, I know she likes the show, and and I know that the producers adore her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She survived. Her character survived, so that's that's a step in the that's right, right direction. Because a lot of them. I, I know. <laughs> I like I liked her getting on the bus, you know, and just saying, mm-hmm. "Don't ever contact me." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then what, 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 didn't they say something like, "We have your name, we know your name," and they're like, "How do you?" And she said, "How do you know that's my name?" I don't know. I could have, I could be imagining that's what happened. Right? Like yeah. That. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she showed. I just love that. You got to admire a guest star who shows up and immediately seems like she's probably she feels she felt like the lead in the show. You know, a lot of guest stars. You know, that's that's a hard thing to do is to hit the ground running like that. I mean. You know, Jared and Jensen, they had years and years and years of of character development and relationships with the crew on the show. And, and Felicia just showed up, and she was playing jazz the minute they rolled camera. <laughs> Book Doll on Twitter wants to know, did you think of Dick as a villain, or did you see Dick Roman as a creature who, you know, he was arrogant and everything, but he had reasons for what he was doing? Well, who asked that question? Her name is B O O K D A L on Twitter. Yeah, she's cle- she's she's clever. I su- suspect she's been watching inside the actor's studio. There's certainly truth to that. When you play a character, first of all, when I approach it, I absolutely approach it as if it's a villain. Uh, but I don't play him as, as if he's a villain. I approach him. I understand that sort of in terms of a, if it was a piece of music, I know that it has to be a dark character. I know he has to be mean, and I know that he has to be the kind of kid, you know, kind of dude that would, you know, that would drown a kitten. I have to understand that. And once that happens, once I play him, right, I'm not busy thinking how can I be as mean as possible. Yes, I'm just trying to get my agenda uh, uh, completed. And, 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 you know, I'm just supposed to do my work. So she's right. You know, you don't, you can't walk around twirling your mustache all the time. Uh, But when I approach the role, yes, I absolutely have to. My work is to make the good guys look better. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's two stages. But when I'm playing him, she's absolutely right. I'm not busy thinking how can I say the the the, the meanest next thing possible, right? The next thing is simply to to finish my work, to get my plan uh, accomplished and achieved. And so in that res- respect, the bad guy doesn't necessarily know he's a bad guy. That sounds like an actress question to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Becky, there's. One of those odd numbers holding, and I, I, you know, last time we made poor Jim Michaels wait, and do you have any idea if it's someone I should let on? <laughs> Is it Jim Michaels? Uh, he, yeah, he, he he calls in sometimes, every now and then. So 
Try it, and if it's nine down, just get them off the line real quick. Okay. <laughs> it can't be Jim. It can't be Jim. Hello. Uh, Jim. Hello. Hello. I believe it's is it Jim Michaels? Yes, it is. Uh, hi, Jim. <laughs> Greetings from England. You. I'm sitting here with uh, Jason Manns and Mark Pellegrino. We're enjoying a glass of wine post uh, a silent make conference today. I can't believe Jim is crashing, <laughs> crashing my gig. Exactly. You're, you're two, he's two rooms away from me, but I figured I, I couldn't resist and not call in. Do you mind if I give you my drink order, Mr. Michaels? Well, just as long as I don't get the bill, I'll get the order. <laughs> he really is. He's two, he's, two, he's two rooms away. The problem with this building is it was built so long ago. You, we, it's a labyrinth. I could start walking over there and not find it for two or three hours. Exactly. <laughs> well, as I just called to say, uh, you know, congratulations, you know, for uh, our season eight, and so glad to have James Patrick Stewart part of our a big part of our show this season seven, and uh, we're having a great time in England. And thanks for all the fans for showing up. Great, thank you, Tim. Congratulations. Great. Unless you get back with your your guest of honor, Mr. James Patrick Stewart, and uh, I guess I have to go buy him a glass of wine now. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a okay, minute. Okay, great. Okay, bye now. Thank you, Jim. I'm telling you, they're great, great, great guys. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 you know, we've become big fans of the crew as, you know, as much as the cast. We love the crew, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, um, let's see, what, there's a question from a fan. Um, um, if, if, um, what do you think is, uh, you know, I don't know if you can say this or not, but a lot of fans are wanting to know, do you think Dick Roman is in purgatory or do you think he's just dead? Well, that's uh, that's more will be revealed. And at this yeah. point, you know, they've, they've always kept me in the dark. I mean, I, I, w- I wish I could play like the smart guy and say, well, you know, I, I can't reveal that, ladies. <laughs> right, without spoiling us, right. Even even the, the first moment I uttered the words uh, "Don't make me bibia," they wouldn't tell me what bibia meant. <laughs> oh God, yeah, we know that. <laughs> so I hate to say it, if you go back and look at the very first episode where Dick Roman made an appearance and he goes, uh, "Don't make me bibia," you're looking at an actor who's sorely uh, ill-informed. What do you want to drink? Hello, Mr. Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 well, I'm going to be here for a couple more minutes, uh, but thank you very much. I'll be right in. All right, we're in the backpack. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think I think the thing is is that they've left it very ambiguous, which I'm you know I'm I'm delighted. It'll give it'll 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 make for a much nicer summer for me <laughs> because you know they specifically had Dick's laugh. In purgatory, right? I mean, that, right. That, I, that's my that's my laugh. So, you know, they, they've certainly got their options. They're writing. I know they're writing right now. So they're, you know, they're making up their mind as we speak. But uh, you know, it's going to be good, whatever it is. The thing is, is that for me personally, I, I, I it, when I decided I wanted to start playing bad guys, I, I knew that I was signing up for parts that have one way tickets. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the baddie has a short shelf life, <laughs> so I was always prepared for that. 
Um, is this so your you friend? If I jump in for a sec? Yes, go right ahead. Oh, I just wanted to ask, James, it's Danielle. I just wanted to ask, um, you know, a lot of the finales have had really big physical altercations and showdowns with the Winchester brothers, and I'm wondering if there's a little part of you that still wants to go back and shoot a, a bigger fight scene. Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, you know, I, I, I love doing that stuff. And the cool thing is, is that uh, – those guys, those guys are great. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen specifically Jensen do some pretty great stuff. He's a he's 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 in extraordinary shape, and he's he's very he's in very good control, and he he's very capable of doing all his own stunts. And yeah, I I would I would I was chomping at the bit. I was chomping at the bit to do that. You know, that said, you know. I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> my 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 stunt work is. I'm sort of approaching a point in my life where I'm like Roger Moore from the Bond films, where I kind of you know let the stunt guy do it and then do a close up of me, throw some sawdust at me maybe, so it looks like I'm actually accomplishing something, and then go back to the stunt guy. But I'm joking. I would I would I would, I would love to. And 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 if there is a if there is a much more violent and dangerous um, you know altercation in the future. I nobody would be happier than me. I'd love to do that. Uh is is this convention this weekend, is this your first supernatural convention? It is. It's not my first convention. I did a TV series back uh decades ago called Galactica nineteen eighty which was uh-huh. with Lauren Green and Kent McCord and Barry Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, like I said, I was a kid who wanted to, well, I wanted access to the craft service table. So I told my mom and dad that I was going to be an actor. And by the time I was 11, I had a series at Universal in Hollywood. <laughs> so I had access to that coveted craft service table. And that, that let me get to a, a science fiction convention in Nashville, 1980, with, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Dave Proud. That's C-3PO, Chewbacca, and Darth Vader, uh, respectively. And so I I had a little taste of what a science fiction convention would be. I see it's absolutely evolved since 1980. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a well-oiled machine, yeah. I got a chance to watch Misha. He's He's a pro at it, you know, and and everybody gets a chance to get a handshake and a you know a photo and an autograph and everybody. I think it's I think it's really special. If if when I was seven years old, I'd gotten a chance to meet the Hardy Boys or or you know Buck Rogers, I would have I would have just I would have done anything for it. And here mm-hmm. here, talk about a win-win scenario. You know we we get to fly to all corners of the world. I mean, coming to the Midlands in England and meeting people who, in, you know, before the Internet, they would never have gotten a chance to do this. They would never have gotten a chance to meet these big movie stars in their own, uh, or certainly TV stars in their own backyard. So it's, I love watching the light in these people's eyes. I mean, literally today I, I got to pose for pictures with probably 200 people, you know, and, and almost all of them were shivering. That's how excited they were. <laughs> I mean, it's not just me. It's the thrill of the show. So I, I, I love being a part of that. I love being a part of that. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some of them, it was, it was just me. Oh, let me have that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time, and you're coming to Chicago in uh, October, and I'll, I'll be there. So looking forward that's, to meeting you. That's right. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I used to. I went last time I was in Chicago. I was still on All My Children. All My Children was a Chicago was a huge All My Children fan. That's uh, Oprah Winfrey, a, a Chicago native, was a huge All My Children fan. I think actually right. that was the last time I was in Chicago. It was a long time ago. I got a chance to do Oprah Winfrey back in the early '90s when I was on the, sh- the soap opera, and uh, I have the tape somewhere, but I won't let anybody watch it because those that was back in the days with, when I was just obsessed with hairspray. I think my hair was probably about six or seven inches tall. <laughs> I was wearing acid-washed jeans. Yeah, nobody gets to see that today. It's a buried uh, secret. Oh, we all wore them. <laughs> and, and big hair, too. Remember mall hair? Yeah, you remember that? Where you blow-dry your head upside down, and then you'd spray it with stiff stuff. And then yeah. as you went through your day, it sort of it sort of listed to the side. It just would just collapse like a souffle at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through that phase. Of <laughs> and I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, did um, did you are you you know were you told beforehand about the supernatural fandom because you know we're it's a the supernatural fandom is pretty big. You know we've you know, helped get the guys on TV Guide and People's Choice Awards. and Yeah, well, Mark's the guy that told me about that. Mark, uh, Mark, uh, you know, Mark, this is a perfect thing for Mark. An appearance like this is a perfect thing for Mark because he genuinely does enjoy uh, connecting with people, talking with people. I mean, he'll sit and he'll watch soccer with the fans. And, um and at, the, and at the end of the day, he gets a, a plane a plane ticket to some exotic locale and a, a little bit of a paycheck. So you know, he said, oh, "If you want to do this, this is a blast. You're, you're giving the you're giving the fans a real thrill. You're promoting the show, and you know, at the end of the day, you get a little paycheck." So, so he he was the one who, who encouraged me to come along. Plus, my mother lives just down the road. My mother lives probably an hour hour south of where we are now. So I got the Aww. chance to. Uh, Pack up oh, my, cool. my boys, my two sons, and my wife, and we all uh, we all came over together so that we could hang out with Grandma. Oh, that's wonderful! That's pretty. It worked out perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Did oh, you watch my Supernatural? Oh, sorry. Did I? Sorry. I just wonder if your mom saw you on Supernatural. <laughs> my mother keeps trying to watch it. That's the tough thing about over here is is that everybody wants to see the show. Um, and it's like a year behind. They're still watching uh, season six over here on the channel called Sky. So mm-hmm. if anybody's seen season seven, which many of them have, I'm just trying to figure out how they've done that. I, I guess I don't really want to ask that question. You don't want to no. ask questions. You don't want the answer. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. But my mother, my, mother hasn't, my mother hasn't seen it, but I've recorded all the episodes for her. So when I get her to California, she's, she's promised she's going to sit down and, uh, and watch them all. My my wife actually didn't know the show existed until I started to, until I started to be on it. And I must say she's a big Jared and Jensen fan. <laughs> she loves those boys. Yeah, she loves those boys. <clears throat> Your wife has very good taste. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I was always a big Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, uh, fan, and I think there's something, something uh, reminiscent that chemistry, mm-hmm. that Redford and Newman quality. I think I remember watching the show, going, "Oh, I get it. There's a short one and a tall one." 
And then I met these guys. I'm like, oh, no, there's a tall one, and then there's a skyscraper. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they're both very very tall. Have you seen that magazine cover or something that says best summer bodies? I was in like a supermarket in Los Angeles the other day. I was just getting like some hamburger buns for, for a barbecue. I look over and I see, uh, you know, I see Jared getting out of the water in Brazil. And I looked at it and I was like, holy mackerel, who knew he had dab in his T-shirt? <laughs> look at that guy go. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Like I do live at the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we say in, in our fandom, uh, his character is the geek. <laughs> yeah, and isn't he? Now, if he's, mar- he's married. He just had a baby. First of all, I hate him because when I had a baby, I certainly didn't have an upper body like that. <laughs> I put on plenty of sympathy with and and uh, and isn't he married? His wife. I've never met his wife. Isn't she named like Dominique or Gabrielle or something? Genevieve. Genevieve, thank you. And uh, can we be honest? Have you ever seen a picture of her not really, really smiling? <laughs> she seems pretty stoked. <laughs> she yeah. She's, she's a gorgeous, really sweet person. Yep. Yeah. She's like, she, she's just always got that glow. She's got yeah. that light good look. <laughs> look who I'm married and, to. And she was on, she was on the show in season four. She played a demon named Ruby. Okay, yeah, I think I knew that. I think I knew she she'd done a few episodes. I'm assuming that's how they met. She actually mm-hmm. grew up Sun Valley, Idaho, and uh, went to high school with my sister which is a small oh, world. Wow. Yeah, my father lives up in Sun Valley, has been for many years, and my, bro- my, uh, my, um, my brother and sister with his second marriage, actually, they were raised up there. My dad is a, um, he used to be a composer in the 60s. He was in a rock group called Chad and Jeremy, and then he went on to be yeah, the music yeah. director. Yeah. And he went on, he's Chad Stewart, and he went on to be the music director for the Smothers Brothers, and then he went into advertising, and then, and then he moved up to Sun Valley and became a music instructor. And what's great is, is that up in Sun Valley, you've got all these rock, uh, these rock stars, and uh, Wayne Gretzky's up there, Bruce Willis, and you know Robin Williams, and and Bruce Willis one time <laughs> came into my dad's house. He went into my dad's house with a handful of ukuleles and said, "Chad, you got to teach my kids ukuleles." So he became Rumor Willis's private ukulele instructor. <laughs> wow. This is, how, this is how he followed the gold records. He became Rumor Willis's ukulele instructor. Yeah, that's, a rap, that's pretty rapid. <laughs> Life is weird. Yeah, sure. it's a box it's of weird chocolates. Turn. You never know what you're going to get. Yep. <laughs> well, this is a very very old house where I'm in, that I'm in right now. I'm telling you, at any minute, ghosts could come by. So I, I will let you know if we see anything. Okay. I'm, pretty okay. Sure, I'm, pretty sh- I'm hearing noises, but I think it might be a wedding breaking up at the other end of the house. Make sure people go to Japas to have a photograph. J-A-P-A-S-T-U. Take a look at the photograph on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
Japa Stew, actually, I got labeled Japa Stew by, uh, you know who Paget Brewster is? Yeah, Criminal Minds. Paget Brewster is on Criminal Minds, but we did a series together called Andy Richter Controls the Universe many years ago. Love that woman. And she just, the minute she met me, she just started calling me Japa Stew because she didn't want to say James Patrick Stewart, so she just kept <laughs> calling me Japa Stew. So that's oh. become my my Twitter call sign. Japa Stew. Yep. It's like your rap name. Yeah, and she's Paget Paget, right? On Twitter, she's Paget Paget. She just quit that show. She's just leaving Criminal Minds. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just saw the season finale. Yeah. Again. I, I guess there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. Well, can you? Um, I know you. Jim Michaels is waiting for you to have a drink. Can you stay longer, or do you yeah. need to go? I can stay. Yeah, I'll be happy to stay for a couple more minutes. Did you want to? Do you want to take some questions, or are, are you content? Yeah, we have some questions here on Twitter. Let me go through and pick out one. Danielle or Clarity, do you have one while I'm looking for one? I I asked all my questions earlier. Uh, okay, let's see. Oh, about you were the character. You were the one who killed Bobby. Was it hard knowing that you were going to be killing such a fan favorite? <laughs> Not in the slightest bit. It was a delight. <laughs> if, you, if you say to somebody, "Oh, we're hiring you to play a bad guy," and by the way, you're going to be killing one of the fans' favorite people, that's music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, bring it. Uh, <laughs> strangely enough, uh, uh, Jim Beaver made an appearance with Paget Brewster on uh, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, where he plays a a a, 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 a felon, uh, an inmate in prison, who writes poetry, <laughs> and, and, and she keeps having to interrupt him whenever he breaks into song. <laughs> but you really have to know where to find that because that episode never aired. It's only available on the DVD box set of Andy Richter Controls the Universe. But I one time sent him a picture, and he goes, holy mackerel, where did you take that up? <laughs> he says, I haven't even seen that one. Wow. Yeah, the good old days. But, yeah, no. So the answer to that question is, is I had absolutely no qualms whatsoever. Uh, about shooting Bobby. I remember the prop guys were concerned because the gun is an antique, and uh, it's a it's a it's a Winchester, I think Navy Colt Dragoon, right? I don't. And he and they were like, well, this is a little complicated. It's it's hard to load, uh, and it's by one by an old cast member on All My Children named Walt Willie, who played Jackson mm-hmm. Montgomery, and we used to, we used to hang out together on his ranch in uh, Santa Fe. And one time he gave me one as a present. So I actually have a Navy culture goon. So it was a nice little synchronicity. I said, well, guys, not to worry. I, I'm pretty familiar with this this firearm. I think I can handle myself. Amazing. And wow. so shooting the, in the van where I got Bobby, that was actually a one take. That was just a, very easy to do. If anything, it was my problem with it was it was cold that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Vancouver. Vancouver, yes, Vancouver gets pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it wasn't raining. On top of the no. cold. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It can do that, can't it? You've spent time in Vancouver. It can get really cold, and it can decide to rain on you at the same time. Um, and and, it'll be, and and the sun will be out just to um, really mess with you. Sorry, go ahead. Shelly Mogi on Twitter wanted to know, who do you think would win in a fight, Dick Roman or Lucifer? No, come on, <laughs> Dick Roman. Be serious. <laughs> What kind of question is that? Now keep in now keep in yeah. mind it's easy for me to say that when you know Mark's outside doing nude Ouija boards. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't look that threatening at the moment. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have he, to tweet a picture of him doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> you just I have to use that. your imagination. Of course. <laughs> my my mother actually, my mother came up here to drop my son off the other day. Uh, uh, he had stayed with her an extra day on the on the way up here, and and uh, we were walking in to get some lunch. And my my poor mother never does this. She walks right by Mark, does a complete double take, and then puts her hand out, says, "Hi, I'm Jill." <laughs> she, she had to meet this beautiful man. <laughs> she couldn't help it, so. yeah. That's cute. Well, the, the wedding party is breaking up, so I will take. Uh, I'd love to take one more question, and then I'm going to have to shove off because it's going to get pretty noisy in here. Okay. Uh, do you guys have a question, or, or do you want me to pull one off Twitter? Take um, Twitter. Okay, it looks like. What do you think about all the get dick jokes on Twitter? Did you? It seemed like you had you were having a lot of fun with those. Yeah, I like it. Boy, I had no idea. Uh, the uh, you know the just the 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 mines in the gutter. That, <laughs> the people that watch Supernatural I had no idea. I thought perhaps I could hold my own. I'm a grown man. But uh, some of these people are just amazing, right? I mean, they say, uh, you know, can't wait to see your dick this Friday, and uh, and you know, your 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 dick was wonderful last night. I mean, it's the you know, how do you respond to stuff like that? I I, I thought you handled them well. <laughs> very good nature about those. The the the, the Birmingham crowd now that. Uh, now that he's, you know, effectively exploded. I mean, you know, these guys are just really getting gross. I mean, come on, let's be honest. This is not cool. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> but it's been, it's, 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 no, it's been great. I love that angle too. Uh, you know, I love, I love, I loved all the jokes like Gloria said, what makes Dick so hard to beat. I, I can't believe they got this stuff by standards and practices, right? Right, I mean, right. You know, Mm-hmm. Notoriously, get anything by, but no, it's just another part of the fun. <laughs> it's probably if we were smart, we'd probably end it here, right? Meaning, meaning, you know, Dick should probably ride off into the sunset because a few more Dick jokes and it would probably get old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, mm-hmm. leave him one more. True, true. But it's been it's been a real been a real blast you know i'm definitely a new f- a fan of the show you know i just uh i i just you know i marvel at it it was a wonderful experience i loved uh visiting vancouver 
uh, you know, Bobby Singer is just a, a dynamite human being. And I just, the whole thing is terrific. Well, we've enjoyed I, your character on the show so much. Definitely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And Becky and, and, and Clarity, I really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. And, and uh, it's been a great fun. I don't think I've laughed quite as much on a podcast. Before. Uh, right on. <laughs> Well, enjoy the summer. I know, I know for a lot of the fans it's going to be hard, a long wait to see what goes on, especially after the cliffhanger, but enjoy the summer and, uh, you know, can't wait to talk to you and, again one day soon. Definitely. And we might see Dick again because purga- we are in purgatory and no one ever really that's dies right. too much that's on right. Super Isn't that the truth? All right. Well, you take care, all right? Now have a great summer. We'll see you around campus. Okay. Thanks so much Thank for calling. You. Have a great All right, you bet. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, he's hilarious. He was oh. a scream. Like, I, I don't think I've ever laughed that much during a podcast <laughs> before. He's, he's a hoot. <laughs> and and uh, a great time, lots of great stories, and, and uh, kind of a small world. Uh, yeah, a lot of supernatural show connections that, you know, I don't think any of them realized until he got there and started talking. My gosh. So I have a question for you guys. Okay. Since since James has brought it up, I mean, he just said, you know, the summer feels kind of long. How are you guys feeling about the fact that the fall season starts in October and that we won't see a new episode of Supernatural for quite a few months? Oh, yeah. I, you know, they say that they're doing that so we don't have the little, you know, breaks right. in between. But I kind of like those little breaks. You know, one, with mm-hmm. the podcast, you know, there are some Saturdays when we'd like to actually do something. And so having those <laughs> little breaks, you know, it, it helps, helps us, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, I don't we like doing it. the podcast. <laughs> we do. We, we love doing the podcast, but it but it is a... Um, you know, it's a commitment every single Saturday, but, I, you know, I don't want to complain because we, we do love it and we love the show and we love what we're doing and we get great guests like, you know, James Patrick Stewart and you and everybody. But I, I'm torn because I'm, I've am i actually been trained in the past to wait for a favorite show until October because the X-Files never started until late because of baseball season and, and Fox. And so I'm kind yeah. of into it and... And so I'm like, well, okay, I'm, I, that's okay, and I appreciate, you know, kind of a little bit of a run. And they said, well, we don't want to compete with all these September shows and premieres, but I actually think also it could work against you because if you start another show and you get hooked in it, hooked into mm-hmm. it, you kind of forget about the shows coming in October, or you go, oh, well, now I'm watching this show. I mean, everybody's got DVRs, and you can record lots of stuff, and you know, a real fan's not going to let it go, but it can. You, it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble, I think. Right. Yeah, and I mean, with the move anyway to Wednesday, it's a, it's a little bit of a gamble because it's a new night, and the fans will follow it there. But you know, new viewers may mm-hmm. still not. You know, it it may still be an adjustment to to get into the show this late in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, like, like Supernatural's been on what Tuesdays. Thursdays, oh, yeah, Fridays, and now we're Wednesdays, so everybody's kind of used to like following them them around. And it is such a it's a it's a better night. I mean, Friday again, you know, we, they were sent there mm-hmm. to die basically, and and they didn't. 
So it, I think it was a definite vote of confidence by Mark Petowitz to move the show to Wednesday night and pair it with what looks like right. a really cool new show. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> Danielle, you're more into the TV business side of things than we are. What do you think about the whole thing? About the move? Yeah. I'm actually really excited. I mean, you kind of just said it. You know, it, Friday night's a tough night, notoriously, because people go out. But it was a tough night last season because it was up against two other genre shows. You know, Fringe has been around for a while and has a super rabid fan base. And there's a lot of crossover between Supernatural and Fringe fans. So people who do want to watch something live or people who, you know, have Nielsen boxes and, and actually count, you, you're only going to count for one of the shows. Um, and Wednesday night, you know, it's it's up against a lot of comedy. So if you're not into that kind of comedy, I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to, this is for you, you know. So I'm mm-hmm. more excited, I think, by the pairing with Arrow than I am the move to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, you know, if I like a show, I'll watch it. It doesn't matter when it's on. But I think pairing it with something that, um, that genre-wise it fits is also a, a big deal, you know, because it's mm-hmm. the network's making moves to say, we want to keep you around the entire night. If you watch this, you're going to want to keep that, you're mm-hmm. going to keep that there, and, and the lead-in will be perfect for that show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm good about it. I really am. I think, you know, Mark is smart, and he he's doing everything he said he would do, and that, to me, means a lot from anybody, mm-hmm. a producer, a network executive, a writer, anybody. I mean, he's actually following through, and he really believes in Supernatural, and he wants to keep it around. So that that's always a good thing, too. That's a pleasant change because, you know, for years they were like, you know, the, the, the black sheep of the CW almost. It's like no mention, no respect, got, got dissed by the People's Choice Awards after they won two of them last year, <laughs> got banished to Friday night, you know, and, and everything. And it's like, you know, what do, we, what do we have to do to get a little respect around here? And, and finally, somebody who's, who's not just respectful but is also a fan, he says he and his wife sit down and mm-hmm. watch the show and, and everything. So I'm, I'm, I, I just think he's wonderful, <laughs> you know. I think he's, <laughs> as you know, it's just a nice change, actually, as someone who is, who is respectful, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, and and acknowledges, you know, not just he doesn't just focus on the new shows and the new people and be all about them because that happened also for a while. So Supernatural is a little bit concerned. Um, he's got uh, appreciate an appreciation and respect for his um, uh, longstanding uh, shows, you know, that are that are still there and still doing uh, good work and have you know good people. And it's just like you know when you're appreciated by your boss, you just want to work that much harder, you know, Supernatural already works pretty hard, but it's, it's nice to know that, that, that uh, it's appreciated by, you know, not just fans, but, but the, um, but the right. network and the, yeah, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's a nice change and really, really cool. Um, is Arrow not premiering till October? Are all the shows not premiering till October? Is that right? Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they were talking about across the board, yeah, starting their season in October. I mean, the specific okay. dates haven't been announced, but they were pretty much saying, mm-hmm. yeah, later, mm-hmm. slightly later start for them. Mm-hmm. Well, then I expect lots and lots of, of PR during September so people don't forget about them or are very aware mm-hmm. that CW shows premieres are coming. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's like kind of like, you know, you, you've tried the rest, now try the best kind of, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had to ask you guys because I was like, you know, everyone on Twitter is always the hell latest when it's like two, three weeks off air, and this is a big chunk of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know, people will have yeah. plans to do to get through it, marathoning the first few seasons or, mm-hmm. you know, going to conventions and Mhm. Oh yeah, I wonder what day in October they're, or do they have like a specific week yet, or is that to be announced? Yeah, they haven't announced that. No. Okay. Still kind of early. I'm sure they're still, you know, making just kind of setting it out, setting it up with, mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm. you know what other networks are doing and and what their advertisers are paying for. Hmm. Okay. Very cool. So, what did y'all think of the finale? <laughs> I Go ahead. went back and forth. I'm going to be honest. I mean, there were there are moments that I absolutely loved in it, and then there are a lot of moments that I felt felt unfinished, and mm-hmm. that may have been intentional. I mean, who knows? You know, the the fact that we probably will see Dick again in, in season eight, you know, and it makes a little bit more sense that some of the things that I felt like, okay, that either felt fast or it felt like there's still more to be told, um, it could still be told, and so then maybe it's not really a problem. But I will mm-hmm. say that I really the, I loved the ending. Like, I know there's been a lot, I've, at least I've seen on Twitter, a lot of back and forth about, you know, the boys being separated, and I for the first time they were separated in a way where they didn't know where the other one was. And the fear of the unknown, I think is what makes it exciting, even though it's kind of a spin on something they've already done. And mm-hmm. I love that idea. I just hope that in season eight, you know, when season eight opens, we actually get to see them apart working to get back together mm-hmm. versus, yeah. you know, or when definitely and we hadn't seen any of Sam's, you know, hunt for him or or attempts to get him back, and um, or even in season six, you know, when Sam was he was off working on his own, but he wasn't. We didn't see most of that, right? Because right. When, you know, mm-hmm. we came back and then we got some of it in flashback, but not a lot. So I mean, obviously, that's there's so much up in the air, and a lot of what I like about it is dependent on where it goes. But yeah, um, I, I think the I'm writers like, sometimes think, oh, we don't need to show that. We just need to, like, move on because Becky and I talked on the podcast after after Bobby died the first time mm-hmm. um, saying how <laughs> we wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit of, of more of Sam and Dean coping and, and grieving and the immediate yeah. aftermath of losing Bobby. And it's like, and I, while I liked the scene where it was like, you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks, and they started to move, like, you know what? I don't think you guys get that. We actually like to see some of that stuff. You don't want to see anybody carry on, you know, for 10 episodes oh, and yeah. be in the same place, but, but a little bit more attention. And that's a, a, another thing. Um, Dean, Dean flashing back to hell or what happened to Sam while he was there. I think, you know, we got a few flashbacks here. We got one episode. I know what you did last summer, finding out what Sam was doing. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, I, we like seeing that. Go, go back. Show it. Show mm-hmm. after what Sam was like right after. So I, I totally agree. I love the place they were left in, and I'm totally okay with Sam and Dean being apart in this particular way because even though they're apart, you know they're together 
emotionally, you know, with their, their places and, and trying to find the other and let's see them go go through it and let's have it be more than one episode or part of one episode. And now I understand why Jared in his CW upfront interviews was saying, I'd like to have the brothers stay apart stay apart for a little while and I thought oh no mm-hmm. not again you know they've been breaking the brothers up but <laughs> this time it's not because they're fighting or right. you know uh, there's demon blood involved or whatever now it's like it's like the saving the world but there was a, a consequence of it and that's what split them apart physically they're still very much together as as brothers and I, I totally agree with him now that yeah let's great let's leave them apart for a little while Mm-hmm. What I'm really, what makes it really exciting for me is, I think every, uh, you know, at the end of season three when Dean died and went to hell, I think everybody was, you know, was looking forward to season four and seeing Dean and seeing Sam, you know, go to hell and save Dean. You know, mm-hmm. there were all kinds of theories that summer about what was going to happen. So I'm hoping that this will be the chance. This is, you know, they're, we're going to finally get to see. You know, see that happen. Sam, figure out mm-hmm. a way to save Dean from purgatory. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's what we get this time. Oh, me too. I would love to see that. I'd like to have Dean try to get out and, and fail, maybe. And then you see Sam working from the other side and actually, yes, go march into purgatory and get Dean out, you know, like his, his brother, you know. I'm I'm curious on... Castiel's part in all this because at the very end, even even he disappears. Can angels come and go freely in purgatory? Did he just like go to make a little reconnaissance and he's coming right back? What do you mm. think? Cast is in or angels' powers because because Leviathans can can kill angels, so they can't be the only monster in purgatory that can that can handle an angel. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, you know, from the only one time that I actually got to watch it this weekend, um, the um, that was the that was what I got from it was you know because he was popping in and out you know since he's gone crazy especially he's been doing a lot of popping in and out and so I just I thought that was just him popping out again you know uh huh he seemed very different to me too when he was in Purgatory. He seemed more like the old Castiel, you know, very right. solid and 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 um normal is the only way I can come up with it. I I don't know if like just the actually being sent there or the rest of the time when he's we've seen a little off his rocker like Crowley called him, if I still think that was a very much a defense mechanism for what he had done and what he had been through and that's how some people deal with that kind of trauma. You know, it's like, oh no, 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 mm-hmm. I, I, I did whatever. So they, they. So I wonder if he's sort of been just gone back to his actual self. That he did end up helping at the end of the episode. You know, he pushes Dean behind him and attacks uh, Dick Roman and gets flung aside. But at least he, he tries and he makes the decision to go with Dean. So maybe he was already on the way back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I would hope so <laughs> for for season eight's sake. I would hope so because, I mean, as comical and as fun as it was to get to see Misha play that kind of off the wall, you know, lighten up the mood. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that you can take long term because it's not helping the situation. And right. the character, especially like Dean, is just going to get super frustrated with him. So, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would imagine that, like, you find yourself in purgatory and it sobers you right up. And if that was your defense mechanism, okay, I know I can't do that anymore. I need to do everything I can mm-hmm. to get myself out of here, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, I as, Again, it's something I hope they actually deal with at the top of season yes. eight and they, you know, explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that when he says, to Dean, I, I sense a little tiny bit of forgiveness in there that might be making a difference with him as well. That mm-hmm. someone who matters to him is starting starting to under, try and understand and forgive him a little bit, you know, as much as Dean can. <laughs> Being Dean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I have a question about a different subject, about, okay, when they were burning Bobby's flask, Mm-hmm. Didn't Bobby's flask? Whenever they showed it this year, it was in like a leather case. And uh-huh. when they, when they burned the flask, uh-huh. there was no leather case. So was the leather case just something Dean had put it in, or was the leather case always on it? And if it was, could that be a way for Bobby to actually not be gone? You know, because he still got the leather <laughs> case. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I, I never really. I mean, I never noticed the flask before this season to know if when Bobby used it there was a case. I don't think there was. But well, when Dean anything, had it, every, I, every every time we saw it with Dean this year, it was in like a little brown leather case thing. Yeah, yeah. But I that's what I mean. I don't. I think that was just for Dean. I don't think Bobby. I don't remember Bobby ever using it. In right. The same right. Case. But I also think that when every time you'd cut to the burning flask, like obviously they sped that up a lot. So maybe the case burned next to it and we just never saw it. I don't know. But I, I don't mm-hmm. – I feel like the first time, you know, in, in Death's Door when, when Bobby was shot and ultimately died, I felt like that was such a powerful way to say goodbye to the character that to bring him back only to say goodbye again in the finale – like, I just feel like you can't keep doing that. You can't keep faking the audience out with such a beloved mm-hmm. character. You you have to say goodbye permanently because the more you do that, the less each mm-hmm. goodbye means. And then the final mm-hmm. goodbye in the end means absolutely nothing. So mm-hmm. I love You're Jim, ex- and I don't want to lose Jim, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think you can bring him back mm-hmm. unless you're like, ex- for a quick video yeah. flashback. Yeah, you're you're exactly, I, exactly right, but it's like, I just don't want to lose him so much. Oh, no, so I yeah. just love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know I Becky's did. not letting go of Jim Beaver. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. Like, I was super upset when they decided to kill him the first time. I was like, that. first of all, yeah. I mean, look, Jim is an amazing actor, and it's partially that you don't want to lose Jim, but it's also when you really pull back and you stop mm-hmm. and think about the show, you know, Jensen and Jared are the show. Right. So not only, I mean, not only do you have two characters now that you know you have for every arc and every episode of season eight, but, like, forget characters. That's a lot on an actor's shoulder. So at a certain point, I'm like, you have to bring in some people to lighten the load for them. And Jim was always kind of that guy because he he was phenomenal and he also had a really important connection to them where it was, earned that any time they would need help they would go to Bobby and now without mm-hmm. him I think if we've seen it in this season you know they've tried they've gone to Frank they've 
you know, gone back to Sheriff Mills. They they went to bars, even to some degree Charlie. Like, they tried all these different people, and it was almost like they were trying out who could be the new Bobby. Even mm-hmm. if nobody could replace Bobby, they still need somebody to lean on mm-hmm. and to help. And I don't – I just don't know who's – like, season eight, I don't know who that can be, and yet they if they don't have that, I don't know how the show survives with only two main – Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I don't think for the show, because I don't have the imagination, obviously, <laughs> that somebody like Jeremy Carver or Ben Endlin has. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like that, to me, is, I think, one of the biggest hurdles to get over, like, when they knew mm-hmm. they were going to kill off Bobby, is, okay, that's a big loss for the show as a whole, not just, you know, mm-hmm. the Winchester story. Yeah, and you can't force it. It's like we can't decide uh, Frank Devereaux is going to be the next Bobby, and we don't care if you like him or not. And whatever they, it's got to work. Got to yeah, it must, I mean, it has and, and everything. It can't. I mean, Jim, yeah. you know, Jim Beaver was meant to be like a one episode character, as I recall. Mm-hmm. But it just was. They just saw something special, and he just kept coming back and coming back and surviving a lot longer than pretty much every other other character like that so it, you just can't play again same thing with Amisha Collins and Castiel you know it was like maybe one or two episodes but but he had so it's like I don't think we've we've met that character yet unless they want yeah. to somehow work in a character that you know everybody was very fun I don't know Ellen who knows you know a lot of people like Ellen you know I, I like Ellen maybe I don't know how but you know <laughs> I think maybe somebody can figure it out, but it's someone that's already been on and they're already there's already a great relationship and chemistry maybe uh, who who knows you know it's that kind of show where you can make things work that way so i who knows maybe they've got somebody in mind, maybe not i at the very very end of the show mark uh I'm sorry, uh, Mark Shepard Crowley says you are well and truly on your own to Sam, yeah, and it's true yeah he's got. No one. I mean, he's got friends, some friends, Jody Mills or some yeah. got people to talk to, but he has no one like Bobby or or Dean to be there for him in every, you know, support sense of the word. So, yeah, very, very interesting. If I were Sam, I'd be, like, freaking out, <laughs> which yeah. is good. I hope we see him freak out a little bit. It's, it's not like he's not capable of coping on his own. We've seen that twice now with him, but still still, still right. And I mean at him. this point at this point, you know, it's it's not just coping on his own, it's also trying to go to purgatory and bring back his brother, which I'm sorry, mm-hmm. nobody knows how to do that. Like not even Bobby would have known how to do that. So there mm-hmm. is you know, there's a there's a point in the end of pilot season after, you know, all the, the new series have been shot and networks are, are making their decisions on what they're going to pick up for the fall where returning shows, their people have to go in and basically pitch the next season and basically say, like, if you give me another chance, if you keep, let me keep stay around, you know, this is what our show will be. And so now having seen that finale and having heard, you know, Crowley say, you're on your own and having seen Dean stand on his own after Castiel disappears, it's like I would kill... I would give anything to be able to have been a fly on the wall in that <laughs> in that meeting to be like, you just, oh. cause, you know, they knew how the season was ending and they were saying, we just, we split our two, our two characters apart. We have two characters left and they're each in separate places. 
what is our season eight? I would die to know what they pitched because obviously whatever they pitched, Mark Kudowitz was like, yes, you know, so I'm yeah. sure it's going to be amazing. I just want to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like, well, Sam's in California and Dean's in Florida, you know. <laughs> Sam's in, in, in Earth and Dean's in purgatory. <laughs> so you're like, hey, right. holy crap. <laughs> It was, right. But it's not unlike the season where, oh, by the way, we're sending Dean to hell. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah great. Make that true. decision. I love it. I love it. That's true. You know, and, like, they've, they've figured that out in a way that I never thought that they would. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. This, for some reason, I feel like this is just because I feel like this, there's more at stake because you can't go back and do the same things you did when you got Dean out of hell or when you got Sam out of hell. So the more times mm-hmm. you do crazy things like this, the harder it is for you as a writer to dig yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got to have a clue how you're getting out of it before you put the, those people in it. I at least I hope right. so. I, I hope really so. hope so. <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah. you know they're not a show where they you know they thought like oh this might just be our series finale so let's not think about it you know in the early mm-hmm. seasons they mm-hmm. were in that position where they were like this could be our series finale so let's do something that makes them want us to stick around but also could be kind of final and they're mm-hmm. at a point where I think. You know they don't they don't think the same way they 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 trust that you know when it is time for their mm-hmm. series finale they'll be told ahead of time so that they can prep for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I don't know I'm 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 super interested. I was writing a well, I'm, I'm contributing to a big review about the season and I was right I was working on it before I called in today and I was like I have so many questions I don't think I've ever had as many questions at the end of a season as I did with this one. Well, that's pretty awesome, and to have those amount of questions at the end of the season seven of a show—that's amazing too. You know, seven, seven seasons of mostly crazy finales where you're like, "What the, what the heck?" and where are they going, and how are they going to get out of this? And also, Sam, where he is, he can't just focus on getting Dean out. You know, he'll want to, but apparently, there's still like a bunch of leviathans out there milling around with nobody to tell them what to do. And there's every other monster they've ever had. The Alpha Vamp is still out there. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to leave him alone to peacefully look for a solution to get Dean out of purgatory, even if he avoids everything. And, of course, you know, it's always brother comes first. Well, that doesn't mean he's going to be left alone to do it. And then in the um, meantime, Dean, so sorry, go ahead. Crowley, you know, has Kevin. So, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> You know, at least that's one person where, you know, Sam has a clue of where he might be. So I'm guessing Sam may, you know, try to, you know, get Kevin back as somebody who who might be able to help him. Because Sam being, um, with Kevin being a prophet, and he, you know, he may have some Mm -hmm. information that, you know, might help him find Dean. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, Crowley's got Meg. That was another nice thing about this episode. They had many different characters, you know, some coming back, you know, uh, you know, from many episodes or a few, and it was pretty well balanced. I didn't feel like it was too overcrowded or anything. Everybody got like a little, nice little moment and had a, was a part of the story. But yeah, it was a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say on a personal note, I was really pissed Dean let Meg drive the car. Oh, yeah. I I I I completely agree. It's like, you know, 
I understand why they did it. It was a great, you know, great way to get mm-hmm. their attention. But after all these months of not seeing the Impala and to finally see it, and it's Meg driving it, it's such a disappointment. I yeah. know. And she I was like, what? Last thing. And I was like, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I know. I know, but that was that was a, a pretty cool when Dean said, you know, you know, Kathleen, I need a favor, I need a wingman, and he meant, who knew he meant it literally, <laughs> and <laughs> gave a ride to wherever baby baby was hidden, and I was actually surprised not to see like a bunch of like protection sigils all over those walls and windows keeping mm-hmm. baby safe in there, but anyway, and to have her back and all fixed up and gorgeous, and a demon driving her, I'm surprised she even started up. You know, like, I don't know. Get your hands uh, yeah. off me. I, I can imagine how hard it was for Dean to let Meg drive the car, you know, because he has a hard time letting Sam drive the car. Yep. So I bet that was a tough one. Yeah. Like, hmm. And I have to say, though, when Castiel was saying that they needed a cat around the cabin, I was like, you know, I think you're right. That would fit in perfectly with you guys. You need a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need another species. He I know, he was particularly crazy. I loved how he kept making sandwiches and trying to get Dean and Sam to eat. And Dean would take the sandwich and would probably eat, but Sam kept looking at it like, no. (laughs) Why are you giving me sandwiches? Very funny. And the Twister game. Yeah. Play Twister. Yeah, he had some really great lines. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of games. He he was very into games because he had Sorry uh, uh, in the asylum, and then he was playing more games, not just Twister. There was a whole Uno and... I saw Mastermind, which... I, I saw Mastermind. That was one of my favorite games when I was a kid. I they should have had Yahtzee because Dean used to say that <laughs> every hour. <and> right. <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> and I thought the um, the beginning, the road so far with the, you know, of course, carry on my wayward son. I thought that mm-hmm. was put together really well again. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really great. Beautiful. And yeah, you know, somebody pointed this out to me today, and I I didn't do the math to make sure that it was 100% accurate. But somebody said that they believe the season eight premiere is going to be the 150 epi- 150th episode. Yeah, you guys yeah. Are that around. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is definitely okay because I was like that. With all of this stuff alone, to then add that on top of it, it has to be one hell of an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And one hell of a party too. 150 episodes. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I yes. just want to like shamelessly be like, hey, anybody listening, I want to come to the party. Um, but you know, <laughs> yes, yes, we all do. If anybody's listening, I all of Winchester Radio uh, would like to come. <laughs> yeah, I was last year when I was up in Vancouver. It was. Um, I mean, it was not a. It was. It was a big episode. It was the wedding episode, but we were not allowed to come to the wedding, so that was very Aww. underlocking. <laughs> it was uh-huh. to get secret. So, you know, maybe they owe us. No, I'm. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. 
and to go back to baby, to not only take her out for the first time, but then drive her through a big sign. I'm like, she hasn't been through enough, and you've just crashed her through a big sign. Yeah. Now, I definitely, that's something Meg would do. Yes, well, this is true. Definitely a Meg move. And poor Sam, if he's not getting hit on the head, he's getting choked. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but come on. There was no way that that little tiny woman, even with Bobby's vengeful spirit, could take it, could take down a man Jared's size. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a great moment, and it was also just a great moment because it's like, you know, Bobby's the one doing it, and I think the fact that when you saw the reflection, you saw his face so that we could all realize Bobby was the one doing it, and that's ultimately why he stopped, but I was just watching it going, come on, she's like 100 pounds, and he's like (laughs) 70 feet tall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really, I really liked how they tricked Dick with the uh, two bones. I, I, you know, or I thought that was really, really cool how they did that because I didn't see that coming. I thought, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's totally. I didn't see that that was a twist. I really liked it. I didn't either. I was just about to ask you guys what you thought of that because it was, it was a surprise to me because you know the poor Sam and Dean. Sometimes they they think something's going to work and it doesn't. So I was like, oh, that figures. You know, this didn't go well. <laughs> and um, the I liked how Castillo was able to tell just by smelling it which nun it it was. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was like ew. That was an ew moment for me. It was like ew. <laughs> you know, not a surprise. That ew. <laughs> yeah, Sister Mary constant, which is odd, kind of. Apparently, she led a very pious life. Yeah. Oh, she eighty-three for all her entire. <laughs> Life that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, and of course we get the the obligatory uh, inappropriate Dean joke. Going to bone a nun. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. You know, always, always the same. I can always count on you <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but and and to be and for Sam to be not amused at all <laughs> by it. <laughs> I wonder how long it'll take for the food to be safe to be eaten. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean that whole like that whole storyline to me felt I mean it felt more political obviously than anything the show had done, but mm-hmm. I feel like I mean I don't know I feel like it was almost meant to in a way like Dean is so bacon cheeseburger like terrible food for you and we saw him in that moment in the quickie mart a couple of weeks ago where he you know like was like what the hell am i going to eat and i i mm-hmm. felt like you know certain certain parts were kind of trying to say to these guys like look at your lives again and like look at how mm-hmm. you're you have to adjust you know not just because you know if the leviathans are, are poisoning their food system they have to eat salad i mean like on a bigger level of like look at all you thought you knew and how these these villains are so different from anything you've ever knew, known and once mm-hmm. you defeat them 
everybody else that's going to come after them is going to be the same. And I, I don't know if that was intentional, and I don't know if that's a theme that we can expect going forward, but I feel like you almost have to expect that going forward because there's nothing, you know, they can't do the same things they've done, and, and every person that they meet or every villain mm-hmm. that they meet has to be worse. And their tools are only going to get them so far. So I would love to see them have to struggle and flounder more than they have this season where they're kind of like, okay, what we usually do isn't working and how do I change because I don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that one of the things that was mentioned back at the beginning of season season seven by mm-hmm. Sarah who said, I want to, change them all their yeah. old tools and all their old things are not going to help them anymore so they've got to adapt. Yeah. I think they did somewhat because, somewhat because even even yeah. Dean picked up on all the lessons from uh Frank Devereaux, you know, and learned how to yeah. a little bit to hack in the computer. So they're, they're I just want to see more to, of them, I think. Because mm-hmm. I just love that like, you you take a character who's so comfortable in their in themselves and in their way and mm-hmm. their their setness routine and then you put them in a situation like with Dean and Purgatory where it's not going to work and you have to watch them figure it out. That to me is what, mm-hmm. how a character can grow after so many years, you know, because we've gotten so comfortable with who these guys are and they've gotten so comfortable with who they are. And the only way that it's going to be interesting and, and there's there's going to be evolution is for more of that to happen. But, you know, Sarah was the one that said that and she's not the showrunner next year. So I don't, know that they'll follow the thread. I just really hope they do. Mm-hmm. Right. With with the new showrunner and everything, you know, everything's really up in the air with how it's gonna everything's gonna turn out. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really an exciting place to be right now. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean the fact that he's had some so many great episodes under his belt already, I think it inspires mm-hmm. confidence anyway in me and I think, you know, it's going to be good for the show ultimately. But, yeah, you know, I mean, he wasn't really involved in in enough of it to know it, you know, to say, okay, come in in season eight and you have to pick up on these threads. He may not want to do that. You know, he may have mm-hmm. his own ideas. And so how do you marry the two things together, the things they've already set up and the things that he knows he wants to do that may be very different? Like, I think that's where the, mm-hmm. the season is going to be most open-ended and hopefully most interesting is just finding the balance. And he's got a little bit of a new crew to him because, you know, people like Robbie Thompson, who I thought did some really great episodes this year and hopefully is back next season. Well, he's been on before, but he's used to working with a slightly different crew of other writers. Mm -hmm. So he's got some people to get to know and how they work as well. But, but again, he's, you know, it's not like somebody brand new coming in. He's very familiar with how the show works. He's uh, with the history, with the actors. You know, they feel comfortable without him being able to appreciate and understand their kind of show, and not all of a sudden decide that you know, uh, uh, Dean hates uh, muscle cars and only wants to drive a Prius. You know, and right. that kind right. of thing. <laughs> and and I, I mean, honestly, like there's been so much talk in the last few days about shows where that's not the case, you know, where there are, there are showrunners that are stepping down or being forced out and they're bringing in people who have not worked with the show before. And those are the shows I think that need to be worried about. I mean, Supernatural is going to mm-hmm. be fine. He's He knows the show. Mm-hmm. He's been a part of the show. And, and he because of it, he knows these characters. And, you know, he's not going to 
take them down a road that's going to be completely drastic without showing you why they need to go down that road first. Mhm. Definitely. And you know the last um, America, the American version of Being Human. You know, he and his mm-hmm. wife were the showrunners for that. Yeah. And that's one. And it's one of my favorite shows. I really like, you know, what he and his wife did with that. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to him on the show. Mhm. Definitely. Yeah. They again, someone we're someone we're used to and fond of. Um. In the in the in the reality again side of the show, uh, we've been nominated for Teen Choice Awards after an absence for what a couple of years. That's pretty cool. So and, and Jared and Jensen are nominated against each other, though. I hate when that happens because we oh. what happens is we we split the votes and then somebody else wins every time. Yeah, but here's my question. You have to prove, and I don't ask me how you prove this, I don't know, but in order to vote, you have to prove you're between the ages of 13 and 19. So I'm really wondering, a show like Supernatural's demographic is slightly older. So I hate to say it, but I almost feel like they don't they they don't really have as much of a chance at something like this as they do the TV Guide fan favorites or the People's Choice Awards that are much more inclusive. Because this is well, not a show that like a 13-year-old... If a 13-year-old is getting into it now, maybe, but obviously, but a 13-year-old has not been watching it for seven years. Oh, you, you know, dare um, underestimate the supernatural fans. I might be. I don't know. I've only seen a handful of kids at those conventions, and I think most of them are there because their parents want to bring them. So maybe I am underestimating it. I don't know. I just got the impression when I was looking at some of the other nominees, I was like, well, some of these things are actually – not everything, but some of them I think are aimed a little bit younger. I think even the Vampire Diaries skews a little younger simply because it's a newer show. And so if you were 13 three years ago, you might have started to watch it. Whereas if you're, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, well who, who, how do you get nominated for for the award? Because they had they got nominated. So I have no idea, to be honest with you. I, I don't put a lot of stock in the Teen Choice Awards because I'm too old, so I'm mm. kind of like, well, I can't vote, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, but talking about I'm not about entirely voting. sure how they get nominated. How, with the voting, you know, hi, hypothetically, maybe in the past, you know, um, somebody with the name Becky may have um, registered. Hypothetically. So, hypothetically, this may have happened, and put a different birth date down. Oh, is that all you do? Yeah, and, you know, say that you're in that age range, and then you can vote. Well, then I can (laughs) vote. And, of course, we're not advocating this. No, no, no. But hypothetically, clearly may have thought of the same sort of plan, just hypothetically, of course. Okay, see, I didn't know that's how you voted, so I like that. And then I take back what I said. Always thinking of a way. They might lean a little more towards the Crowley methods than they do, you know, the angelic methods. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. I mean, Not look, at the time there's any voting, fan voting, whether it's an actual award show or whether it's just like a, a poll online, you know, mm-hmm. everybody always gets up at arms about how legit is this because people know how to beat the system. And 
That's why, mm-hmm. you know, the things that really, like things like Emmy Awards, that's why we don't vote on them that way because they have a little bit more clout in the industry and there's a way mm-hmm. that we know, you know, it's, no one's cheating. But for something like this, this is kind of just fun and it's like a nice celebration. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. they, they don't, it's not that they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. have, I have two teenage sons who fit in that age range who wouldn't be voting anyways. So, you know, I could just be using their votes. You that totally should true. be using their Or you should just make them vote. Well, that's true. Very true. <laughs> and and speaking of voting, um, I think it was Kristen from EOM E was talking to Jensen, and she says, you know, she says, awards, she says, we just, uh, she just give them to you. And, he, and she goes, but that's really just you and Jared voting all the time. And he said, yeah. He said, it's me and Jared voting with all five extremities. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. I thought that oh. was hysterical. Because he doesn't usually make those kinds of comments. I, I laughed so hard when I when I heard it. It, it. Again, it gave quite a mental picture right up there with the nude Ouija boarding by uh, Mark Pellegrino. So it was like, wow. Yeah, which I have to say, I've covered quite a number of these conventions, but only in Los Angeles. And I feel like everybody who goes overseas gets to have way more fun because it's more of a party and more of a vacation. I mean, nobody naked Ouija board in Los Angeles. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I didn't in I Chicago. I would have gone. Very disappointed. <laughs> it's so true. It's you know, all the actors, you know, they it's more it's like a vacation for them. So they go there and they and it's like yeah. I'm going to have to go to one of these European conventions sometime just so I can. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the party too. Right. I mean, I, oh, a lot I of them, you know, they come to L.A. and they're just coming home, you know, but that's why mm-hmm. if you see them, you know, James in London or when they were in Rome a few weeks ago, you know, they're all staying in the hotel. So they're all just going out and having a good time and catching up with each other. But when they mm-hmm. when they come to L.A., as fun as they are during the day and they're hanging out and they're catching up with each other, at the end of the day, they're just going to their homes. So it's mm-hmm. different vibe. So yeah, I think I, I'm I'm with you on that. A couple of of people I know went to the uh, ju- the gym con, and it just seems I have to get myself there one of these days. It seems so fun, and I've never actually been to Italy, so I'm gonna. Oh, have to you do have it. to go! It's amazing. Yeah. I, I haven't been to a convention there, but I've been to Italy three times, and just looking at the pictures, like in Rome at the con, it would be like a dream to go to a supernatural yeah. convention in. Rome, which is an amazing city, yeah, and and and, I, and the people are wonderful, and and oh my God, the, the whole country is fabulous. So yes, you have to go. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, for me, I can technically write it off as a business trip, so I don't really know why it's taken me so long. Mm. Seriously, oh my God, if I could do that, I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> I know, mm-hmm. I know. It's, it's just they always do it at a crazy time of year. I'm like, you need to do it in June when I have nothing going on, and it's my birthday. Happy yeah. birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe maybe that's why they're, like, having a convention in Las Vegas now, because, you know, mm-hmm. this uh, crazy city, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so maybe they'll get yeah. everybody loosened up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, would I like feel to like that that's too. crazy fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they've already been a few times. So I don't know if you guys, uh, do you mind if I mention a little something, uh, plug a little something? Sure, go ahead. Well, it's relevant to you. Jennifer Aspen, who uh, 
played who was on Supernatural um, in season six. She has joined. I have a nonprofit in Los Angeles. Um, we're called IBG Inc. And we are throwing an event in June on June 24th, uh, right here in Beverly Hills. It's basically a stage reading with a bunch of actors reading an original work, and all of the money goes to the East LA Women's Center. And Jennifer has graciously donated her time and her talent to come and to be a part of our cast. So I felt like, you know, the Supernatural family who may have wished she could have stuck around and maybe given Bobby a little love before he kicked the bucket, um, if you guys are interested in, in coming out and seeing her, the tickets are going to go on sale on uh, Monday on our website. It's ibginc.org. So we're really excited to have her, and we're hoping um, she hasn't – we haven't announced which pieces she'll be reading yet, but everybody who knows her knows her comedic talent. So hopefully we will give her some of the funnier ones. I loved her also on Glee. She was great on there as oh, well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, I mean, she's uh, she has such a great credit list. And, I mean, she was just one of the stars of GCB. I'm just highlighting her role on Supernatural since, obviously, that is this podcast's bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those for those who don't remember who she was, she was Bobby's neighbor in Weekend at Bobby's. And she was so adorable. And, mm. I, and I still want to know. I'm still jealous that Bobby got that peach cobbler because it looks so good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and yeah, that's like, kind of. I... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I, I was just saying that when I when I interviewed her for GCB a few months ago, we were talking about Supernatural, and she, you know she didn't she hadn't realized that they had killed Bobby at that point. It was right after Death's Door, and she was really bummed because she was like, I would love to go back up there and play with those guys. They're so much fun, and I was like, Yeah, I don't know how that would work out, but you know, maybe, maybe when Dean comes out of purgatory, he just really wants a pie, and he just knocks on her door. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> well, she must have been shocked to have Bobby's house burned down, the neighbor. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's actually a really good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, holy crap. <laughs> um, and that, it, the mentioning Weekend at Bobby's kind of led me around to, I guess, Jensen's going to direct the first episode of the season again? I don't know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Because it's it's great timing for them because it gives him time to actually prep the episode, but it's just nice that he can get a few of these under his belt while he's on mm-hmm. the show. So that you know, if and when the show mm-hmm. ends, if that's the route he wants to go, he can mm-hmm. prove to people he can do it. You know, because a lot of shows, especially, I mean, there's two actors on the show, so I a lot of other actors would say, you know what, I don't have time. But I love that he he's passionate about it and he makes the time and he says, no, I want to do this. And, you know, they let him do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His ep- Weekend at Bobby's is probably in my top 10 favorite episodes of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's just such a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I just, you know, it's a, it was a different episode for them, I think for a lot of reasons. And I think the mm-hmm. fact that it was so well embraced, even being so different is a testament to what he can do. So, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to seeing what. I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on the script as well, but to see mm-hmm. what he can do with. Mhm. And if it's an if it's a episode, you know, with Dean and Purgatory, it could focus on Sam up here, you know, trying to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him and that, that would Absolutely. help out a lot with his directing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That makes perfect sense for sure. 
um, back to the finale, just a just a little bit, a few little things. Um, um, poor, poor Canada. Uh, it, it apparently it was given to Crowley <laughs> in, the, in the contract trade, which I thought was very very funny. Poor Canada, and and I said blame Canada, right? South Park, and um, I I live in Florida, so apparently we're breeding ground down here for Leviathan. Which does not surprise me because all the nuts roll down to Florida. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and I, I apparently, you know, I'm in Kentucky and we're in the testing area, so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and I was uh, uh, texting with uh, my friend Patty back and forth about the episode a little bit, and she brought up, I didn't think about this before, that Dean has now been in heaven, hell, and purgatory. All three mm-hmm. of the biggies. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. So that's just, you know, kind of cool. It's like, you know, I, I, you can't surprise him. <laughs> you know, God, he's been through yeah. everything. <laughs> it always makes me think of on um, Buffy and Angel. I think, you know, how on and Buffy, you know, she came back from heaven or wherever, you know, they said right. it was heaven. And then on Angel, I think it was somebody, you know, I forget the episode. I just did the rewatch and I, my mind's blanking. But they said um, nobody ever escaped um, from, you know, from heaven. And somebody said, you know, well, a slayer that one time. And, uh, you know, so it makes me think, mm-hmm. so, you know, Buffy, Buffy escaped from heaven and hell. But, you know, here's Dean, you know, he's been to all 30. So Dean's got one up on Buffy. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what's next. I know. I don't know. I mean, you just, he hasn't escaped yet. So I feel, I, I don't know. I almost wonder, could they do a season or half a season in purgatory? Mm-hmm. You know, there's twist you know, go there and try to get him out and then not be able to get out. Like, I don't yes. know if they can do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they want to do that, but I kind of am fascinated by that idea. I don't know if it could work on TV, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, and eventually, obviously, it would have to get out. Otherwise, the show would be over. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like that's. I would not mind seeing that. Well, I think it would be yeah. cool to to send, say, Sam gets into purgatory, and this particular set of circumstances that will get them out don't don't recur for whatever amount right. of time, and then and then they they have to wait it out. They have to wait it out. And, of course, Sam's going in not even knowing if Dean has even survived purgatory. True, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the, with Dean being in purgatory, it opens up so many new ideas. I mean, they could run into brand-new monsters that we've never seen, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. could run into – we could see monsters from the past that they've killed. And yes. that, yeah. would be, that would be really cool. And, you know, I, I'm thinking there's a chance we could see Bobby there. You know, his ghosts burn up. You know, where do ghosts go? You know, so there's a chance we may see Bobby there. I always, I, yeah. I thought that when they burn the flask and, and Sam and Dean are watching Bobby, there's that really beautiful bright light. I thought that it was the way they've sort of done all the heavenly kind of spirits moving on, even after they've been around for a while. So I, I kind of thought he moved on to heaven, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I assumed, you know, because whenever we see them, you know, salt and burn anything for a ghost, when they, you know, they get it, you know, disappear in fire, you know, they get, it's like they burn mm-hmm. up. 
So I said mm-hmm. they just didn't want to show us Bobby on fire. That's why we just saw Sam and Dean's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That was very poignant when he said, you know, I, I – and he sort of got to say a little bit more of a goodbye this time, and he says, you know, well, I look forward to running into you on the other side. Kind of like what Dean said to Joe, and then he said, but not too soon, you know, okay. Yeah. So it was nice. It was just a really nice moment. Oh, I'm gonna miss him. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and just just on a on a visual note, the very last scene with Dean in Purgatory with the monsters in the fog in the forest with the red eyes, that was awesome. Just a great visual picture. Speaking of visuals, Ivan Hayden is no longer with Supernatural and so yeah. I'm really, really I'm really gonna miss him. His He's been with it since the pilot, mm-hmm. so you know, I know. I really, I'm really going to miss him, and I wonder, you know, if if we'll be able to tell a difference next season or not. I know. Well, he said he's leaving it in good hands, and I'm I'm sure he has. And congratulations to him. You know, he got it's like a like a promotion, but we will definitely absolutely miss him and his work on Supernatural, but. Mm-hmm. We wish him well, but we'll miss Ivan. I'm sure he'll be still tweeting like mad. <laughs> but don't follow him. Don't follow him on Twitter. Do not follow him. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, no following Ivan. He's... Wait, what? <laughs> Ivan does not want people to follow him. <laughs> he he, he says it all the time. <laughs> don't follow him. Else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he all says, right. nothing happening here. Nothing. Move, move along. You know, go away. Right. Stop following me. That's great. Somebody unfollowed me. Yeah, it's very cute. He's so funny. It's a Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure to be, like, witty and not offensive to people. I get it. I get why he's, like, and, you know, I feel like, too, you know, a show like Supernatural with the fans that are as invested as they are, they get to know these behind-the-scenes players in a way that a lot of shows and and in general, when you get into this business as a behind-the-scenes player, you don't expect anybody to ever get to know you. And a lot of people like that anonymity. So I get it. Like, I don't know. I'm sure he's half-joking. But at the same time, like, I'm sure it is an adjustment for him to be like, oh, people know who I am now, you know. So I get mm-hmm. it. And mm. if, if whatever his new job is, if it helps him to get more Divine episodes going, then, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out for it. We need more Divine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Cool. Anything else? Anything else you need to talk about? Any other news? I don't know. Um, eighth season, Upfronts, Moving to Wednesday, paired with Arrow. It actually looks like an interesting show. Um, Did you guys get to watch the full trailer or, ju- or just the clips? I, I I watched the full trailer. It looks so oh. good. Yeah. yeah. I I saw like a like I saw the like, like the commercial during the show. I saw it online, and then I oh, saw right. a like a two minute scene, almost a two minute scene they were doing. So that that looked pretty cool. It looks really cool. Yeah, I'm just excited Katie Cassidy's back, too. Like, I I really liked her as Ruby, but I also really yeah. liked her in Melrose Place, which I know nobody watched but me, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I I did not expect to 
really like the Arrow trailers. I don't, I'm not a comic book person. I just don't, I've never followed it growing up, so I don't really have, like, that immediate emotional attachment. But hands down, I was, I was floored by that trailer. Like, I, I read the script and I was like, ah, oh, maybe it could work. I don't know if it's for me. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, that's for me. I'll be watching that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, hope the whole show lives up to the trailer because I've, I've had that happen. You know, like, like oh, great trailer. Oh, and sure. you go to the show or the movie and you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. But, sure. but it could be but very, just, very you know, cool. So. It, it is just the pilot. I think looking at a pilot trailer that is that scope, bodes well for the future of the show because mm-hmm. yeah there are some lines that work for the trailer that in a full scene in a in a show episode may feel a little weird but that's just the beginning so mm-hmm. and, and you know with everybody involved too and in knowing how behind it the studio and the network are I mm-hmm. think it's going to be I really think it's going to be a big one. I think it has potential mm-hmm. to go on as long as Supernatural. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it and it pairs super well. Like, let's be honest, all very attractive men. So, it pairs very well with Supernatural. You know what got me is is him going up the bars, like pulling the oh, bars yeah. and pulling Oh my God. <laughs> and like, to sit oh, up, so I, I literally ow. turned to my friend who was sitting next to me at the presentation and I went, take that, Jared Padalecki. And he made, he like got really <laughs> offended because he's a really, he's like a huge supernatural guy too. And I was like, I'm just kidding. I love Jared, but come on. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I have to, I, I have to say, you know, I'd be happy to have like him and Jared in like a, like a workout playoff, you know. I, yeah. I think that, you know, we can have some fun with their promotional material with, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Well, they should do another, what was it, Bad Boys of the CW panel that they did at one? At GTA, that was yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they always, that's the one thing I'll say about the CW. Like, they're, they really try to do fun things. And TCA is not a place where you really should stray outside your box, but they do it in a respectful way. And they always put together an interesting panel that is not show specific. And so two two TCOs ago, they did one with the women of of the CW, and it was like Maggie Q, it was a kick-ass woman, and it was Maggie Q and Lindsay Fonseca mm-hmm. and Bacala, and then, yeah, they gave us the bad boys of the CW this last time. I mean, I can't imagine, I don't know if they're going to do, like, superheroes of the CW next time and bring, like, Destin and Steven and all these guys, I don't know. But it is definitely something to look forward to. And I will say this. I was making fun of those planners that they gave out at CCA because as great as they were, I was like, who still uses a day planner? Like, everybody uses their BlackBerry or their iPhone, whatever. But I kept it because the pictures were just so pretty. And I was like, you know what? They need to do another calendar because the the people that they have for the fall, even prettier. So let's just be professional and let's call it what it is. And I want a calendar with their faces on it. They could kind oh, of do like a fantasy theme for a panel because all those characters are kind of fantastical between, you know, mm-hmm. they're all superheroes, Beauty and the Beast. And, oh, true, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so that could work. Could I'm work. sure that, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, I will say, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Arrow will get their own panels because they are new shows. And, and the point of TCA is to present the new show and to give you a full Q&A with the cast and the creators to find out what the show is and, you know, where they're going to go from the pilot and all of that. 
but to then bring some of those characters back on, or actors back onto another panel for a theme, yeah, that's why not. That's just fun, yeah. and it, it mm-hmm. gives for you know it, it provides extra coverage of their network, which you know any publicity helps. They're they're mm-hmm. still somewhat new, and they still because their market is so tech savvy. They're not people that are watching live TV, and they're not people that have Nielsen boxes when they are watching live TV. So. If they if they seem to be really embracing the digital platform with their new CWD um, application, mm-hmm. and maybe they can even mm-hmm. do something with that. You know, I don't know. You know it should be it'll be an know, interesting. It's going to be an interesting year for the network in general, to be honest. Yeah, I wish they would do something like um, uh, this season. NCIS LA and Hawaii Five O did a crossover. The episode mm. started on Hawaii Five O and then finished on NCIS LA. You could easily do that from Supernatural to Arrow, you know, or at least find a way. There must be kind of a way. I don't know how their timelines work or whatever, but that that could be a cool thing. I wanted them to do like Vampire Diaries, except if they did, Sam and Dean would kill all the vampires on Vampire Diaries, right. and it would be the end of the show. <laughs> so, really that really that, yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how. Obviously, with with Dean and Purgatory, I don't know how that would work. But in general, maybe later but, on, like like later in the season, like after that yeah. sort of resolved or anything, and not try and force it, but it could be an interesting, fun thing to do. You know, so yeah, or, I mean, not even necessarily a full, you know, two episode, full episode crossover like the Hawaii Five O one. I mean, years ago, NBC used to do that all the time, where they'd have a character from one show pop up on the other show to help mm-hmm. cross promote. And it's more of a, they meet them in passing and they have a cute moment and the people that watch both shows and are in the know kind of get the wink and the nod and the move on, but it's not distracting for those of you who only watch one show. So, uh-huh. and you know, they tried that, the CW tried that, um, I guess it was last year now, Life Unexpected and One Tree Hill. Um, mm-hmm. And it worked well for those shows because it was, you know, both they were both real-world shows and it was an easy enough, let's put one singer character into this music festival on this other show and make it work. And, you know, if they can find an organic way to make that work, I always mm-hmm. do it. Cause it, it always like the longtime fans always mm-hmm. get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't Where does Arrow film? Where does Arrow film in, in Vancouver or in LA? Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I imagine that they would keep the, the actual series in Vancouver as well, because it's just, let's face it, cheaper to film there. And they have, they've opened up um, a lot of space with shows that have left and, you know, they demolished a really old set that was kind of dangerous because it wasn't really up to current code. So they have a lot of space in Vancouver and a show like that needs a lot of really large standing sets. So I'm hoping to keep it in Vancouver because I would like to go back to Vancouver and just do a trip for all the, you know, visit all the shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. You have to bring us back all kinds of information about it if you get to go. Yeah, you know, I, I got last fall, so I, I, I'm hoping to be able to, to go again in this car, this coming fall. Obviously, some of the shows are different, and um, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll 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 keep our fingers crossed that it can work out because long running shows that I love are still there, and I like I said, you know, there's a couple of really fascinating shows for the fall, even the mid season. Honestly, I thought Cult would have paired really nicely with Supernatural, and I know they're holding it for mid season, so. Um, I understand why they didn't pair it that way, but I'm obsessed with that. So <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff coming. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to Cult as well. Lona Tall's on that one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays the um, she plays the star of the show within the show. So it, it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little confusing, and I will say that like if you've seen the trailer, you actually don't get to see a lot of her at all in the trailer. But um, she's she's a lot heavier in the script. And obviously, as the season series goes on, you know, and, and more secrets start to come out about just how involved the show is in this conspiracy slash, you know, real world cult scenario. It, I, I think her role is going to be a breakout for her. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else we had to talk about, ladies? Um, I I can't think of anything. God, we talked a lot. We had a great time. This is a fun <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, you know, this is our last podcast for this season, and the next season mm-hmm. doesn't start for five more months. You know, we may have to like do some special mm-hmm. podcasts during the summer just so people don't forget about us. Uh, definitely, definitely. I think it's a idea just kind of I don't know after we've had time to think about everybody in purgatory maybe kind of brainstorm about okay any more thoughts about getting them out or or we could we whatever. could even do a podcast we can even do a podcast for classic episodes you know or something oh yeah oh mm. for sure because um you know we started the podcast back in third season so we could pick a first or second season episode and do a podcast on it once in a while if anybody's interested it'd be kind of fun to go back because that's seven years ago now, you know, and see and kind of compare it to what's happening now and did you think then would they ever get here or... And, and it'd be cool to get a guest maybe from, from one of those older seasons to come on and talk about mm-hmm. it. So that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I we've had our last episode on Friday night. Next year we'll be talking about Wednesday nights. Um, yeah. And a big episode to start with, number 150, apparently. And uh, I don't know. We've had a we've had a great year. I've really enjoyed season seven, season seven overall very much. Um, you know, every season has its ups and downs and whatever. But I thought, for the most part, season seven was successful and had a lot of great stuff in it. And you know, I'm I'm pleased. And we had a lot of fantastic podcasts. We had so many guests this year. It was amazing. We're so grateful. Thank you to everybody listening and downloading uh, the podcast every week and to all our wonderful guests. Um, we had a great, uh, uh, you know what, I, I just have to use this joke. Um, uh, we had a happy ending with Jim Patrick Stewart on the podcast tonight. So thing. I'm so sorry to join in the crew of all the people who made those sort of comments, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> and uh, Abdeen would be proud, right? <laughs> and, uh, um, but he, but uh, again, he was, uh, you know, he was a, a great final guest for the season. You know, it was so much fun, and and uh, we laughed a lot, and and uh, we had great guests all along, all season. We were just thrilled and grateful that everybody was on and had a good time. Hope to continue and next hope, year. Mm. Yeah, hopefully next season we'll be able to. Keep it up with the great guests again. Mm-hmm. For and sure. Jim, and Jim Michaels calling into our podcast is always fun. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> be nice if he stayed longer than a couple of minutes. If he can ever manage that, it'd be love to love to. Well, we need to get him on again. We need 
We need to get him on as an actual guest sometime. Yes. Yeah. He pops in and then he pops back out again. I mean, it's great, but it'd be fun to talk more. And hopefully we'll get Guy B to come back again. You know, he'll be directing again, so we can come back to And I've had a lot of fun talking with Danielle tonight. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, I was I was glad to be able to join in. Usually I just listen. We missed yeah. Vinny, but we had Danielle, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, Danielle, do you want to mention your nonprofit and your event just one more time? Quick, just remind oh, everybody sure. before we go. Yeah, the the nonprofit is ibginc.org, um, and the event is on June 24th in Beverly Hills. It's called My Letter to Fear. The tickets are on sale on May 21st. Um, but if you guys like, just if you see me on Twitter, I'm at Danielle TBD, and you can always you know just at reply me and ask me any questions you may have about it. Um, I'm I'm the CEO of the the charity, and I'm also the publicity coordinator, which is kind of a weird thing with my day job so I'm just I'm always around basically if you guys have any questions okay and yeah we had a we had a big year on Supernatural with Jared and Baby and the St. Jude fundraiser and we had a Mm -hmm. a pretty pretty proud of this season for lots of reasons so had fun with Becky fun with Vinny and all our all our guests we had a great time Two people on Twitter, real quick, had really good ideas. One, Redbird SPN said, podcast on the earlier Jeremy Carter episode. That's a very good idea. I like that. Oh, yeah. And and Amanda, our good friend Amanda from Australia, she wants us to get Cliff back on. So, yeah, we would love to have Cliff back on as a guest. So we'll have to work on that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, it's been a while since we had this on. Definitely time to have him back. And the Jeremy Carver episode, an early one, like Monster at the End of This Book, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so that's an idea. All right. Okay. I think we're good. I think so. Thanks for an amazing season. And a great year of podcasts. And everybody for listening, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And to all of our guests, again, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for us again, thank you for listening live. But you can always go back and listen and download on blogtalkradio.com slash Boulevard. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe. Uh, also search for, I think, Media Boulevard. Supernatural Winchester Radio. Uh, you can go to our website, winchesterbros.com, keep up on all the news, or click on the Winchester Radio icon and listen to uh, our past podcasts for this season there and other seasons. Um, keep up with us and all Supernatural news on Twitter and Facebook, which is Winchester Bros. Uh, thank you so much. Everybody have a great uh, summer. We'll hopefully talk to you over the summer here and there, and we'll be back in October, first podcast of the eighth season. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Danielle. It was fun. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Bye, Clarity. Bye, Danielle. Bye, Bye. Becky. Thanks. Bye-bye.